Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Hanya Oversby. She's the Director and Healthcare Business Advisor for the company Specialist Consulting and the company Health Business Network. Hanya is a business advisor, business consultant, educator and facilitator with extensive experience in the successful establishment, management and guidance of healthcare businesses. She consults across a number of different medical areas, including surgical, physician, general practice, hospital, day procedure, corporate and allied health. She's also the host of the Doctor Diaries podcast, which takes listeners behind the scenes of the intriguing medical world. Hi, Hanya. How are you going? Yeah, good, Peter. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Good to have you on the show and uh, talk about all different kinds of things that you do. Whereabouts are you joining from today? Yeah, so I'm in Melbourne, uh, Victoria in Australia. And yeah, what about you? You're up in Sydney, aren't you? I'm in Sydney, yep, doing the, uh, the Sydney thing. But hopefully you've just had announcements about, you know, things kind of not getting back to normal, but at least easing in in Melbourne. So hopefully on the right pathway there. I think we're on the right pathway. It's been a bit of a journey, I must say. I think all Victorians will all come out with a um, sense of, oh my God, did we all just go through that? Mm. (laughs) But we're we're looking to the other states quite enviously, I must say. A lot of character building going on there. uh, Let's get... definitely. You consult across two businesses, HBN and, and Specialist Consulting. How about you explain those to us? What are they? Who's it for and what problem do they solve? Well, I'll sort of start at the beginning because that'll make it quite clear. Back in 2001, I started in consulting with Specialist Consulting, my own business in the business healthcare arena. So that was the original consultancy where it was just me and working with clients all around Australia. Back at that time, I was also with a business partner running courses called The Third Part, where we ran courses teaching doctors on how to run their businesses as well. So that ran from 2001 to 2008. About five or six years ago, I met an incredible person, Russell Lee, my business partner in Sydney, who also had his own consultancy in Sydney. And we were introduced to each other and started working together and realized we should actually set up a consultancy for scalability. So that's where we set up Health Business Network. So essentially, Health Business Network is now the national consultancy. We've got up to 10 consultants working in the group now. So that's sort of the difference in the two consultancies Mm. is One is from the beginning where we started out and Health Business Network is the new consultancy where we've got a lot of consultants working with us, a lot of network partners and a lot of exciting things happening there. What kind of stuff are you consulting on and who are you consulting for? Uh, We're working with a lot of different medical healthcare businesses in all sorts of ways, businesses that are either starting out in their healthcare journey, but predominantly most of the clients I find my son working with is mid-career or practices that are looking to get to that next level. So the way we're consulting and that we work typically is um, I like to talk about it in two phases. So phase one, we always work on the business plan, reviewing where they are now, establishing what the business plan is, if it doesn't exist, what will it be? So we'll help develop that business plan, working on all the things from what your vision and goals are to what you want to achieve, then mm-hmm. developing a financial forecast to see whether that particular opportunity can be viable. And then many healthcare businesses then say, great, can you work with us to bring the, the plan to fruition? So we do. We work in a um, consultative coaching and mentoring or uh, project management way to make it happen. So we'll bring the team in as required to make whatever project 
happened. So we work with small practices. You know, there could be a one specialist or doctor who wants to set up to big corporate uh, groups that have I've just recently set up a group of 11 specialists and we've got a growth strategy for that particular group. I've also been involved in a project where nine clinics have been brought, brought up up and down the EC board and I've been invited to join in that opportunity as sort of chief operating officer type involvement to get the ball rolling for that particular process. So no, it's varied. It's very exciting. Lots of things happening. And so you've been in the game for a while, So you've seen businesses of different size go through different challenges at different points with internal and external influences. There's obviously a very big external influence that's happening right now, which we can we can talk about COVID in a bit and the impact on, on clinics, but just more broadly, how have you seen things change over time in terms of the needs of healthcare businesses and how you've been able to help them out some of them? That's a very interesting question. I think back when I was first in this this space, it was quite cottagey. Businesses were not run commercially, I suppose, or set up in a way that to create value in them. I found back in from 2001, businesses were set up and uh, were really there as a function for the practitioner to be able to do what they needed to do. So they sort of created a business to give themselves a job, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. But over time, Obviously, technologies have brought in great advancements, but also doctors that are in business understand that there is an opportunity to create value in their business with the view to, at the end of their career, sell their business, Mm. to look at, you know, that there is that opportunity. But for that to happen, I think they've realised that you have to start work early on to create value in your business that's not dependent on you as the business owner but as the brand and the business on its own. So, yeah, that has been the main change. Also, I think in healthcare businesses, it's become a lot easier to talk about commercialisation, money, contracts, bringing in the right business partners, bringing in technologies to make your business more scalable and not dependent on one person, but more dependent on the functions of how the business operates, which is, it's been a big change. So it's a lot different now, a lot different. And, you know, even talking to business owners in creating value, understanding what the EBITDA is and how we need to grow that for their businesses Mm -hmm. at the end where we want to sort of position their businesses in a way that there's an exit strategy at the other end. Then leading into now with all of the challenges that everyone in the world are facing right now when it comes to the impact of COVID on businesses in Australia and abroad, particularly healthcare, what kind of consulting or help are you providing to these clinics or businesses that engage your services these days? What we've found um, this year, 2020, is we're all going along swimmingly until March hit. Um, Then a lot of the COVID hit and a lot of businesses just went on suspend or shut down or, oh my God, what the hell's happening? (laughs) So we found pretty much for April, everybody was just battening down the hatches do we have a COVID safe plan? How do we do this? How are we going to function? So there was that immediate changes that they needed to make to their business. So their business could continue on or for some, in some industries, especially in aesthetics, say, for example, they've had to stop completely. But what I found was, and we've created a product that's actually called the business reset. And that's what we found has been the most requested engagement for us for with all these businesses, because we all need to, with the business reset, We've said to all the businesses, let's stop. 
let's stop and see where you have come from. Where was your, let's take a snapshot. When were you operating at your optimal? So we've looked at that with all our, the businesses that we're working with now and we review that. But then we say, where do we need to go? What's the next step? How do we avoid this happening again? And um, what have I got in my business that I had to pay for that should this happen again, I can scale down quickly if necessary? How can I expand if I need to? That business reset and the workshops we've been doing around that has been the biggest interest since that COVID because everybody's had to reset their businesses from all aspects, you know, your people, systems, the structure of your business, the leadership, the culture, uh, the financials, everything. And who are your patients now? You know, who's going to come and use your business? And what I've also found is there's starting to be a lot of change. So as I said, just recently, there's been a buy-up, say, of nine clinics. Perhaps those clinics decided to sell just because COVID was the straw that broke the camel's back, I suppose to say. So, you know, there's all those sorts of things happening. So it's a, it's a very interesting time. It's very dynamic. But I think with all the businesses that we're working with, we've had to change. I, I don't know that any of the businesses, if you keep on going the way you were yeah. pre-COVID, I think you're opening yourself up to a lot of risk mm. moving forward. Definitely. No, totally. Like when businesses look at resetting or, you know, taking a fresh perspective on things and, and taking stock, which I think is, you know, very sound advice and a good opportunity to do so. Are you finding that more are looking at just reducing costs and doing things in a more efficient way or are more looking at generating more income in more innovative ways or delivering more services? Is there something that stands out in particular specifically that these uh, businesses are doing? Going forward on your own is probably an expensive prospect now because setting up any business, I like to call them the sunk costs. The costs of setting up your business, whether there's one of you or four of you, is almost the same. So a lot of people are thinking in setting up groups mm. a lot more to share the load of those sunk costs in running your business and also bringing in business partners that complement each other, whether clinically or can they bring something to the business so they share that load with the business. The other thing I've noticed is a lot of engagement with technology, uh, video conferencing for with patients, telehealth, being able to um, be agile in closing the doors of your physical office and taking that VoIP phone to people's homes to be able to have that virtual office. You know, they're embracing that technology so, so much more. And I think COVID has shown them how vulnerable they've been up until then without, yeah. So definitely all of those technology, looking at how your business structured and how do I need to structure it for, you know, growth, but also should there be the risk of a COVID event again, how do we manage that? And do I need to go it alone? Yeah. Totally. yeah. And looking at more more broadly than you and the, and the business of consulting for healthcare businesses, about their healthcare businesses. Mm. I probably said business too many times there, but the you're like you're you're pretty <laughs> like that's been your bag. You're pretty experienced and renowned in it. What what general and you also recruit other consultants too to work within your group too. So so in your opinion, what what mm. makes a good consultant? What do you look out for? Um, I think a good consultant firstly comes with um, a lot of experience, so they've got something to bring. But um, I think a good consultant is those who focus on the specific area that they're good at. I know myself, perhaps back in 2001, when you start out in consulting, you try to be all things mm. to everybody. And 
you end up not being an expert of anything. (laughs) I know you probably know that, but for me, it's now that I've been doing this for so long, my area of expertise is strategy, planning, you know, financial forecasting, identifying opportunities, but then we'll bring the team together that have their skills in what they do, whether it's marketing, leadership and culture, you know, working with the staff for streamlining accounts. So I think the key with consulting is what is your strength in what you do and you offer that. But I mean, I think the key for the success for Health Business Network is we bring in all the other components for a project as required. So it's quite exciting so that we're in a position where rather than seeing other consultants potentially as competitors, we say, come along, come and join us. (laughs) More the merrier. So we've got some amazing consultants on board, but we've also got consultants on board that have had their own businesses, Mm. you know, and and grown them and and sold them. And they've got all that experience on creating value. We've got people who've got HR experience and medical billing experience and all those sorts of things. So I think the key is, you know what you're best at, you bring that and surround yourself, make a team around you. So from the client's perspective, they're getting, they're getting the right yeah. team to make it happen. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, you work with clinics and help them sometimes if their goal is to build up their clinic to be able to then, you know, perhaps sell it, make a profit and then, you know, go on from there. And you're speaking about, you know, some consultants that would go on and be successful and then sell their business and, and you know, be successful there. For either a doctor or a, or a consultant, often a lot of them go in themselves and their business is themselves. So then being able to sell a business, which then lives longer than themselves, that there's a lot you need to do to be able to decouple, like just you as the brand in and of yourself and, and allow it to actually function when you leave the business or even if you took a holiday for a couple of days and the place doesn't set on fire. So do you have any advice for people when they're thinking about making their, you know, if they've started up their own business or, you know, gone out as a, a freelancer or as a, a solo person to, to build their business as a consultant or a clinician or whatever it might be to then make it something bigger than they actually are? You have to start thinking, is my business successful solely on my efforts on providing a service? And if that's the case, well, I would probably argue without your efforts, and unless somebody who's exactly like you Mm. comes in to replace you, there's probably, it's probably unlikely that you'd be able to sell that on because it's you, you are the business. So just as I was mentioning earlier, that's where Russell and I got together and said, look, we need to create something that's bigger than just specialist consulting or RJ Lee or ABC, we need to say, oh, let's create health business network. So our network partners, other consultants. So for, for instance, if I should, let's send my, let me send me off to the Barbados or something because I've won the lotto. When you're allowed, of course. Um, Yeah. I, I think the measure is if you leave or take a time out of your business or take a holiday or are not involved in the business or start scaling back your involvement, is the business still going to provide the same service? If yes, well, then you have a business that you can create value in and sell. As I said, with Health Business Network, we've done that. With a solo doctor in a solo practice, do you need to start thinking earlier? Do you need to invite a business partner to come and join you? You Do you bring on a younger associate with a pathway to partnership? Say, for example, we do that a lot. So you might say, oh, all right, so you're a specialist A, you've already set up the rooms, you've got all the equipment, you've got a good referral base, you might invite a younger associate in, but you, what we would really suggest is say to that younger associate, this is my pathway that we're suggesting that you could follow 
to become my business partner and it needs to be a win-win for both because otherwise why would they not just go and set up next door so it's creating value that way so it needs to be beyond you so that's how you have to start thinking no that's good advice staying on that train of providing advice and this could be for healthcare businesses that might not be thinking about something that could be in any, on any kind of journey, but they're just existing in this current climate that we're living, given what you're seeing on a day today, what your top three things that you think a healthcare business should be doing or thinking about right now? I think um, the top three things that a business should be thinking about is, do you have a business plan for moving forward in place, you know? And if not, you need to stop and, as I said earlier, reset and put a plan in place because otherwise you're just going to tumble along and be Mm -hmm. reactive and whatever's happening in Australia or around the world will happen to you where if you set a plan in place, a business plan in place, you're being proactive and you're saying what you want to happen to your business. The second thing is I would look carefully at how your business is structured and how many mouths do you have to feed? How many people are you supporting in your business? And of those people in your business, as many people and businesses found, when you're in COVID, you still had to pay all these people. So start thinking outsource. What are the things in my business that I can outsource? You know, bookkeeping, typing, IT, dashboards, all those sorts of things. And this will also work if you go on holidays. So if you're not there, any of those outsourced contracty things will no, won't be required. So expenses will go down. And even though outsourcing might sound expensive initially on different things that you need to do, when you really look at what it is to employ somebody, pay them superannuation, give them annual leave, uh, long service leave, all those obligations, and then that they're that obligation to them is ongoing, even if you're not there. If you start thinking more commercially and business-like in that way, the outsourcing model works Mm. quite well. And then you can also connect with suppliers who are expert in this area. And the third thing is technology. Have a good review of your technology and what you're doing now uh, in terms of actually the hardware, software, you know, are you on the cloud and those sorts of things. The other part of technology is, which is your podcast is perfect for it with talking health tech, is there so much amazing technology now available in the healthcare space that I think you've got to look at what is out there, what's suitable for my practice or my business, and what can I bring in? Clinical, you know, rostering, uh, financial. uh, I don't need to tell you, Peter, you know them all. (laughs) So that was the top three things I would say are important to your business at the moment. On two of those points, with the tech, yeah, sure, there's there's a lot of efficiency gains and and sometimes patient benefit as well that can be provided with technologies. Making that decision about what to bring in is important. Also making the decision what not to bring in and what to simplify is also just as helpful for the business and for your own sanity, I think. And the the more moving parts, the more chance of things breaking. So yeah, that's that's one thing. And it's always that interesting, just to, to the second point that you raised about outsourcing, totally agree. I know a lot of clinicians who can take on a lot of extra tasks themselves themselves because they're they're doers and they are you know multi-talented in a lot of different areas but then we'll end up doing six hours of admin work themselves in their own time um, because 
they're trying to save costs or just because they feel like they're the only person that can do it properly. There's a right time and a place definitely for employment, for the right tasks to keep people in, you know, your business. And then there's of course the right task to outsource totally and um, find a specialist that's, you know, not just within your vicinity, but anywhere in the world. And, And again, technology enables all that kind of cool stuff too. So Absolutely. And I think the important thing is, I know that a lot of the doctor business owners like to do things themselves, but I think you've sort of, you need to start valuing your time and what it means to the business. And you actually can quantify that by, you know, what can I earn by seeing patients or operating on them and give yourself an arbitrary figure per hour. Mm. Then moving forward, if you're finding yourself crawling under a desk, rebooting some server, you might say, oh, that's interesting. My business is charged, is paying $800 an hour for somebody to go under the desk to read. So you need to start thinking differently. So it's reframing how you think as a business person as well. And if you know your value is high, you've got to value yourself not to do any of those other things. And then when you look at it that way, outsourcing is not that expensive or even employing the right people in your business. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Mm. Hey, look, you do a podcast now too, which is cool. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Tell us about the the Doctor's Diaries podcast. How did that all come about? Yes, the Doctor Diary podcast. Well, as uh, I've been in this space for ages, since 2001, one thing I've found is I've got access to the most interesting and amazing doctors, Mm. specialists all around the world, actually, that... If you think about it, the normal person who isn't in our industry can only really get to see them via an appointment, a referral, maybe spend 15 minutes with them. They're very busy people, but they've all got amazing, every time I, for me, it's a different story because we're working together, they're my clients, and the stories they have are just amazing. So I actually thought I'd love to be able to do something to share their incredible stories because there's more to them just to their medical practice quite often, their journey coming into how they got into medicine, what they do, how they balance their work life, you know, that whole fireside Mm -hmm. chat. It's really interesting. So, yeah, we started in May this year and we're dropping episodes fortnightly and um, I've had some really great mentoring for people who've been, (laughs) that me, I'm talking about (laughs) on how to get started. I didn't get the hint, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's been great. And to be honest, the feedback's been really amazing that they've been able to hear everybody's story. And the doctors that I've interviewed have just been really generous and love to share. So yeah, um, we've got quite a few more. We've been dropping episodes fortnightly and you can access them on Apple, Spotify, wherever you want. And on the hanyaroversby.com.au website. So it's really good. And we'll continue on this year and then launch season two of Doctor Diaries next year, probably March. So invite everybody to tune in. Excellent. We'll, We'll put the details of that in the show notes of this episode for people to check out and click through and subscribe to. That'd be great. To finish things off in this chat, what's on the horizon for Health Business Network? What what will you be working on over the next three, six, 12 months? With Health Business Network, we've got other consultants that join us, which is great. So that's that level of expertise that we can offer our clients is ever-growing. One of the things we really like doing and we've been doing a lot is developing strategic partnerships with providers that can help grow and improve businesses. So dashboard providers, providers that can work with practice management software in financial reporting, working with the software practice management systems on improvements. We're also heavily involved in a lot of education really I suppose um, participating as we've always done in education but we're looking to provide more content through video or podcasts and so forth 
to spread the good news <laughs> of what's happening. So there's a lot happening. Uh, we get approached a lot by the newest and greatest, which we we think is um, really great, and work collaboratively with our network partners to make it a really good product that people are bringing to to the industry. Well, looking forward to seeing some of that mm. progress out over the time, and I wish you all the best in your endeavour to help other health businesses thrive during these challenging but sometimes exciting times and all the best with the podcast too and uh, hope that some of the Talking Health Tech listeners do check that out. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, Peter, thanks for the invite. It's always great and um, thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Make sure you go check out our website for all our resources, including this podcast and the largest directory of technology solutions available to Australian healthcare practitioners today. Until next time, I'm out of here.